Hey darlings, it's producer Carly here. I'm just dropping in quickly to give you a little heads up once we get into the conversation with our incredible guest, Taylor Clements. We do touch on some pretty heavy topics like bullying and suicide. So if this brings anything up for you, please seek professional help. Lifeline are always there on 13 14 11. And if you're not up for talking, you can also text them on 0477 13 11 14. You can check the show notes for details. And on with the show, here's Chloe and Elle. A listener production. You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen. And me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Yoza. Hey girl, I miss you. You're so far away. I'm so far away. We're both so far, so close, but so far. You're home now though. So sad. We're already trying to plan the next... (laughs) (laughs) the next trip. I know. Um, What the hell? But how is your flight home? We have been saving all these conversations to have on the podcast, so I actually know nothing about it. So let's get into it. Well, not really. Top line, but I want to know the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, lol that I was actually looking at flights today to come back over because Chloe and I have some work to do and I was going to meet my mum. I was always planning to meet my mum in Greece in early September. But then when Chloe and Fish booked those flights to go last month, I was like, well, I can't say no to both, both trips. So now I'm such a spoiled little brat, but I'm planning on going back in like a month. But yeah, so spoiled, but scary because that those flights are gnarly. Um, <laughs> coming home, stop for a few hours in Dubai, get back on the plane. Me and Minnie fall asleep straight away, like, which is amazing. And she's in a deep ass sleep. I'm like, yep, she's going to be out for like the first six hours of this freaking plane ride. So that'll be amazing. I wake up about two and a half hours later going, man, I slept deep. That was epic. And I look out the window and we're still on the fucking tarmac. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. Why? And then there's just people around me like huffing and puffing going, what the fuck is going on? Blah, blah. Anyway, there happened to be something wrong with the plane. So we end up sitting on the plane for another hour. So it's like over three hours we're on the plane <laughs> sitting on the tarmac. Minnie's still asleep and I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm wasting like this epic nap time of hers when we've got a 15-hour flight ahead of us. So I was just losing it in my head. But but just trying to breathe because I'm like, I'm like, there's nothing I can do about it. So it's fine. The pilot's like, cool, you guys got to get off the plane. So we get off the plane for five hours get back on. Yeah, we were doing a bit of running around the plane for a bit. And then thank God Minnie went back and had a big fat nap again for like, yeah, ages. But that was a 15-hour leg and it was fucked. I reckon there was this one time where it had been like 10 hours and I didn't piss. And I was like, I need to start wearing nappies on these planes because I couldn't get up because I didn't want to wake her. (laughs) I have a few extra of those from when I got my surgery. I've got a couple of boxes of those at home in LA, so I'll bring them for you next time. Give us some nappies. I'm going to have to start wearing them, hey, because, like, just sucks the thought of having to wake her up because I'm like, no, like, just as much winks we can get on the plane, like, you know. But there was 
a time where I actually did have to get up and piss and we weren't business class for this flight doll. So we were in the tiny, oh, I can't even tell you how sore my back was. I'm such a tall person. And then I'm like trying not to wake her up like because I was actually about to piss my pants. So I'm like jamming her in the little seat <laughs> and um, the people next to me were like, oh, we'll, we'll watch her, you know. And then apparently like just before I came out of the bathroom, she started sliding off the seat, <laughs> like really slowly like sliding down and there's like literally weirdly just slid and landed on her feet on the floor and just like went whoa and woke up and kind of fell forward. So when I came off, she was just on the floor like where, you know, where my feet go. She was fine and she was just awake because she like really slowly slipped down and must have just woke up while she was sliding. And like I came out and she was just so confused. So the people next to you did a good job of looking after her. I know, but they were like pissing themselves. They were like, it was so funny. She just like slid in slow motion down and we like saw her slowly wake up. It wasn't like crash bang. (laughs) So I'm actually devastated I missed it. She's a bit of a freak, but we got there in the end and... um, You also forgot to mention that your flight got cancelled out of Ibiza too. So it was like a pretty crazy start to the trip. (laughs) Instead of three flight trip home and end up being a four because we had to go through Barcelona and shit. But honestly, now that I'm home, it's like, oh, I could totally do that again. But at the time I was like, nah, fuck this. Like, it's just too much like on my back, my back. I just couldn't walk when I was hopping off the plane. And then like two days later you forget and you're like, yeah, that was an absolute breeze. It's like childbirth. It sucks so much. But then after you're like, oh, no, nah, that, that's, I'll do it again tomorrow. It's like that. How's, how's it been home? We were home for a minute and then we unpacked and repacked, went straight down to the snow, which was so, so, so fun. And you know how I hate being cold. It was freezing, but I was just a big boy and endured it. Minnie wasn't sure of the snow at the start. I think she was like, this isn't sand. What the hell is this? And then it took her a while. Like me and Laura had to play some mind games with her and then she started frothing. We were like pegging snowballs at her and stuff like gently. And then she started like, (laughs) she started getting into it. So my bro came down, which was so cute. And he's like a real keen, like good snowboarder. He loves that shit, which is epic because I'm not like that snowy. He like was holding Minnie and snowboarding with her, like fanging. But like Minnie had a little helmet on and she was loving it he would like hold her between his legs and her little legs would be on the snowboard and they would run up and then like slide down together. It was so cute. And she was literally in heaven. When he'd get her off, she'd be like, ma, ma, ma. Because you know how she says more heaps lately in like an American accent. She's like, ma, ma. I mean, I don't know if that's American, but it's like, it's a mini accent. And it was just so cute. She was frothing it. That little outfit was the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. So cute. I need to make a reel or something of all the little snowboard content, like of her fanging down the hills because it was so cute. But now Threadbow put on a show for us as well. Like they're just epic and there was sick fireworks. The the Chumpy Pullin Foundation had like this Project Shred event there where like some of the youngins get to ride with the pros and it's it was just like good vibes all around. So I would say that would be my shine of the week was like seeing Minnie froth at the snow and seeing her get on a snowboard. Oh, and the Barbie movie premiere was fun. Yeah, so that would be my shine and then my shit. My shit would probably just be having a really sore back at the moment, but that's sweet. 
We'll get over it. I'll do, do you know what? I need to do some sit-ups and then I feel like that'll really help my, my core, doll, my back. Strengthen the core, sis. Get on the peloton. What about you, sis? So, yeah, our week has been good since you guys left. We had a few days of a little bit of rest R&R together here at the house and then we kind of got straight back on the road. We went to France last Friday. Paul played a show there. Saturday, Paul had two shows in Germany. One was called Airbeat One and it was like a bit of a festival on the beach, which was amazing. Following day, we flew to another place in Germany and we had to get this helicopter to, he wasn't going to make the set and they had to arrange that. And so, because we had two shows in one day, so we got off the plane, helicopter to this show. It was amazing. Um, Was it scary, the helicopter? Not really. I think I actually... (laughs) Funnily enough, had a bit of a nap because we were so exhausted. (laughs) How long was the helicopter ride? I think it was like 45 minutes. Oh, that's long. Yeah, yeah. So we went to that show. He played that. It was, I don't think you were there. I actually went there last year with our friend Little Frida um, and it was like a big Elro show. If anyone's been to Elro shows, it was like, it's like where there's all these crazy like blow up things and actors and like performing and it's it's literally a circus but he actually played on the main stage this year so that was really 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 fun and then we had to leave straight away as soon as that show was over head back and then get on a plane to the next show which brings me to my shit of the week and unfortunately that show was cancelled due to the weather it was quite scary flying in the turbulence was insane it was looking out the windows and it was like crazy thunder and lightning it was like wow, that's scary. basically seatbelts on kind of situation. My, I mean, it wasn't so I much think- a shit for me, but it, I, I felt a lot of empathy for the event organisers because they obviously organised this all year round. Oh, and then sucks. an hour before the show goes on, they had to cancel the whole festival, pull the pin, everyone oh. go home. Um, no. You know, they've obviously spent a lot of money on artists and accommodation and fucking set up and um, lighting and everything you can imagine at a festival that and it sucks. gets cancelled because once there's lightning and thunder, you just, you, it's it's not safe, you know. Because of like all the technology and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and like all the metal and stuff like that. If there was a, if there was um, a strike of lightning and it hit the stage, it, you know, it doesn't obviously oh, end fuck. very well. So that sucked. I felt really sorry for them where obviously thankfully in touch with them all and you know, they were apologetic to us but obviously we're very apologetic to them because that's, you know, that's their, what they've been planning. The show went on the following day but we had to leave and we went to... Amsterdam? Yes. Hell Brings us. me to my shine of the week. Last week we were with Martin Garrix. He was saying, I'm going to Coldplay next Tuesday if you guys want to come. I might be able to try and get you guys some extra tickets. And Paul was just like, oh, my goodness, that is number one on my bucket list. I would absolutely love to see Coldplay. So we flew on uh, Monday to Amsterdam, spent the day in Amsterdam, which was amazing. We, I, I really do think that Amsterdam is one of my favourite cities in the world easily. Same. It's so, so beautiful. So, so much to do, so much. It was fun. Coldplay, oh my goodness. It was seriously, Jealous. apart from Beyonce at Coachella, it was yeah. 
one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my whole entire life. It was unbelievable. I was a bit nervous because I I was thinking, am I going to know all the songs they're going to play because they've released a new <laughs> album recently? And I was like, hope they don't they don't play all their new songs. But it was pretty much all their old stuff with like one or two like intertwined. But the way that Chris Martin engaged with the audience the whole time, I mean, we were all crying. <laughs> it was so emotional. Like he brought he brought this woman up from the crowd who must have had a sign saying that her brother had passed away and she requested this one song and it was not in the act or anything and he oh. pulled her up onto the stage got on the piano played the song with her sitting there on the piano with him nah. and she was crying it was like whoa it was that's like your life is made if you're that girl like your whole life yeah and he was trying to get her to sing with him and she just couldn't sing with him because she was just in tears and oh my god yeah it was goosebumps so basically at the start they have like a big screen and they tell you everything they're doing for the environment the ground that everyone's dancing on is like fueling the energy in this in their arena and there was bikes there at the arena so people could be on the bikes to actually pump the energy in to give no way part of when you get your tickets you have to do, everyone has to donate 25 minimum of 25 euros that goes to all these like conservation charities and non-for-profits about like they did like this whole spiel about how much you're giving back to the environment. That's so nice. Everything that they're spitting out is eco-friendly and they give you wristbands when you arrive and that's what all the lights and everything were that's made out of all recycled plastic and it was... That's amazing. I don't know. I'm still in awe of the performance and it was definitely a bucket list moment and, yeah, if you have an opportunity to ever go to Coldplay, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. It was it was such an incredible show. So... Big shine this week, big shine. Big shine. Well, I didn't even know they were touring, but when we were in San Tropez, I remember specifically Fish saying a dream yeah. of mine would to be to see Coldplay and then for me to have left the next week and you saying, hey, guess what, we're going to Amsterdam to see them. I was like, holy shit, that is so random. Like he just told me that was a dream of his. Yeah, it was a pinch me moment. It was incredible. Wow. So, so good. But before we get into today's episode... I always get really scared when people ask me to do a podcast with them, so I always say no. But I got on with the girls from Life Uncut. Oh, and love them. I'm not 100% sure when that episode comes out, but it was a massive, massive emotional episode for me. I, I actually haven't sat down with anyone and actually told my story from start to finish for a really long time, and it was super, super, super therapeutic and extremely emotional. Do you know how you were saying when we did um, the Chumpy app last week, it was just like so emotional and you were holding on a lot of emotion that you just didn't even know that you had? Well, that sort of like for me, it just came, came. out. Oh. I'm excited to listen to it, but also like thank you to those girls for, you know, giving me the time to actually speak about where I'm at with everything. But... At the start of their episodes, they ask for like an accidentally oh unfiltered. Do you know where this is going? Yes, um, I do. So my embarrassing moment was when I entered my wedding and I got flipped to the floor yes. in front of everyone. That was great. They Fuck. said to me, they go, do you know what Elle's was? They said, Elodie told us this story about when she was 
at a casino or something one day and she was getting her money back and she put her <laughs> head through the hole that the cashier talks through and her head got stuck and they're going, <laughs> is that actually bullshit? Because I do not believe it. And I said, I've never heard this story before. They said, you were there. Where was this? We look, they said, we're going to send you a photo just to prove that it happened. And they sent me this photo and I was like, oh my God, this does not surprise me, but what the actual fuck? What, what, can you please explain? Are you fucking joking? You no. have the worst memory. Okay. So we were fresh out of school. It was just yeah. after year 12 formal. I think it might've been Emma's 18th birthday at the star in the city. And we went down to go out that night. I literally even remember what I was wearing. And I remember, you know, you'd bring your laptop and you'd get photos on your MacBook and like in photo booth. There's like photos of you, me and Corey from that night. Like I'll literally find them. Okay. I do remember the night, but I don't, I didn't remember that moment. I yes. Now I remember that night. No, exactly that night, but I don't remember the moment. Yeah. Cause I forgot about that as well. Lol. And then I remember I was staying at one of our other good friends, Mayers, but when I was going in for the podcast that day, cause I went to Sydney for it, for the life uncut one. And she was like, no, nah, I've got the best idea. You've like, I've got this photo of when you jammed your head in that teller, the circle thing. And here's the photo, like you have to show them to prove it because it sounds like a lie. But I yeah. like was drunk and I was like, thank you so much for my ticket or whatever. And I was like, put my head in like a fucking turtle coming out of its shell. And then I was like, hang on, I can't get my head back. <laughs> and Oi, no. Did they seriously show you the photo? I can't believe you haven't seen it. No, I mean, I I was just looking at the photo going, she looks like she's 10. So look, you know, when when there's like pinnacle moments of your your life. Yeah, I remember my, like, I didn't remember that as like a night because I was just trying to look at your head just going, check the purple eyeshadow. She's young. (laughs) What? But I I know the night you're talking about now, but I I did not know you did that. But how did you get your head out? I've been looking at that photo quite a lot this week going, I feel sick with claustrophobia. (laughs) She was up to her neck, but her head was through the other side, kissing the teller basically. How did you get that out? And I couldn't get it out for a bit. So I had to just like talk to these chicks for ages, just awkwardly like waiting. And then I just ended up wriggling my head like in a certain direction and just like swiveling it the fuck back out. (laughs) I feel oh. like if I was sober, it would have been scary. But I remember just like it was so funny at the time. And I don't really suffer from claustrophobia. Oh. So maybe it was. It's actually the biggest lull when you think about it. And they fully posted the photo on their fucking Life Uncut page. We were laughing. Out. Like, I can't even explain to you how much we were <laughs> laughing because I was like, send it to me immediately. And then, but those girls are legends. Shout out. Shout, Shout out, out, to out to Laura, Laura and Britt. Nah. Funnily enough, I feel like the photo makes it so funny and embarrassing, but I would have done so many way worse things in my life. No, that, that is so pretty funny. Well, we, we, we will share the photo because it is it is a golden photo. It's a fucking funny photo. Do you know what I also wanted to say back to the plain shit that the guy next to me was eating Doritos and um, <gasps> all I could think Yum. about was fucking you because you love a Dorito. <sighs> And when so I was sitting weird. in the back seat of the car when we were in Ibiza and we were driving to a beach one time and me and Chloe were feeling so sick. We ate all of our vitamins but hadn't eaten, you know, that that old chestnut. If you don't get to food yeah. quick enough and they start exploding in your belly, 
you've got three seconds to get food. And we were going down around bends and stuff and I was like, I'm going to s- actually throw up, but I couldn't eat. Whereas Chloe went and got some Doritos and like, you know, Fish being like the gym junkie he is, he just, I was in the back and I kept just looking at him, <laughs> looking at him, look over at Chloe, just like judging us so much for like in the morning, just like pouring these Doritos down her throat. And he was just like, you're gross. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, Doritos are life. Lols. We love a Dorito. I, I don't know how you can't love a Dorito. Yeah, I'd probably choose oh, um, like salt and vinegar kettle chips over a Dorito. Shut or up. Or like popcorn. Unless yeah. there's guac, then I really go. Nah. Then I can really rip into the Doritos. Uh-uh. Uh, if you if you nail the popcorn, it's good, but the Doritos on itself, the cheesy ones, so fucking good. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, move over, Chloe and Elodie. We've actually got a really important episode coming up today. We are interviewing Taylor Clements. Elodie's always good for one of those intros. This (laughs) this one today, honestly, you're a bloody ray of sunshine. Guys, today we've got Taylor Clements in the studio with us. You have such a rare condition, Taylor. We can't wait to get into this episode. I actually found you firstly on Cooper Chapman's The Good Humans Factory. Shout out to Cooper. Shout out, Coops. That's Chloe's brother. He's amazing. Which he will be. Good Humans Podcast (laughs) is where I heard you. And you call yourself the girl who can't smile. Mm-hmm. It's because you've got this incredibly rare condition, which you're going to tell us all about. Welcome to Darling Shine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is so cool. Yay, doll. You've come over from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. New Zealand represent. So cool to be here. How good's the Gold Coast weather been, though? Oh, my goodness. Stunning. You I came at a good the time. sunshine, I reckon. <laughs> of course you did. Of course yes. I brought the sunshine. I feel it, doll. <laughs> okay, so I want to jump straight into it. So it's called Mobius syndrome, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Um, and it's really, really, really rare. Can you tell me a little bit about this syndrome and have you met any other people in the world that have had it or yeah. have it yeah. as well? So, yeah, like you said, I was born with a super rare neurological disorder called Mobius syndrome. It's so rare that it only affects one individual in every three to four million. Yeah, so super rare. Yeah. And I'll just add, when I was younger, I used to hate that. Just, I'm sure we'll get into it, but yeah, really hated it. But now I love it because it, it's brought me so many amazing opportunities like this one. But yeah, super rare. Um, it affects my sixth and seventh cranial nerves, which means my eyebrows don't move, my eyes don't track from left to right, and my upper lip doesn't move, which means I can't smile. And I also like to f- refer to it as free Botox. So. Yeah, girl. <laughs> we love that. I love how all the girls in school, like, believe me now, they're all out getting Botox, wanting to look like me. So I was like, oh, I love it. <laughs> we love a <laughs> I know, I knew you girls loved that, so I was like, okay, <laughs> what in? We love a, <laughs> a Free Botox, free for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so super rare, and I've met one or two people with it 
really actually only two people with it um, and I'm 25. So it's been a pretty solo journey so far. But the amount of people I've connected online with it, like through Instagram and then TikTok and just doing what I do on there and like honestly always brings me to tears when people say like it's so nice to see someone else doing it because I really needed that when I was younger and now I'm like doing it for me and all the other people out there. So it's just, yeah, so cool and I love it. The power of social media, that's so so true. But have you face-to-face met someone else with Mobius? Yeah, so just one or two, yeah. How did you meet them? One, when I was a bit younger, so maybe around 10 or 11, um, my nana actually knew, kind of just had like these connections and found someone on like the Mobius and like pages and everything. And then the other one actually lived around the corner from me and her grandma followed me on Instagram and saw me out on the beach one day and oh my, oh my god don't I will like cry a puddle of tears right now oh. but it was just so yeah so amazing and she was like like you're my hero and all this sort of stuff and oh. I was like don't I'll actually die right now but <laughs> yeah oh. so only one or two but oh, yeah. yeah how special to have met face to face yeah so special. and so close yeah crazy that's eh? wild yeah small world yeah definitely <laughs> New Zealand is small too it kind definitely of. is only 5 million people compared to like Australia who's got like what 30 million or something do you feel no one no don't ask us dolls so stop with the history lesson oh around here <laughs> I, could, I knew where that com- that question was going to go and I looked at Elodie and she looked at me and I'm like, fuck. One thing I definitely I want to think. stay away from on here is history and less like, I don't want to yeah, be quizzed on anything like that. So funny. should look into that one. <laughs> <laughs> but school is rough at the best of times. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through growing up and your school life? Yeah, so school was definitely hard and I actually went to five different schools throughout my schooling life. So add that on top of all the other shit that I had to go through and it was definitely really hard. But I don't really remember a time in school where I wasn't bullied. So like from Mm. the age of five all through the way to 18. But it really only started out as like verbal bullying, like people calling me ugly or like worthless or that I was contagious. I'm unsure why they thought I was contagious. And then I also got like excluded quite a lot by like people at school and like we'd play games at lunchtime and stuff and I'd always be the one like sitting out on the side or like I was always the girl like eating her lunch in the bathroom. You know, like those classic American movies, like that was me. (laughs) Um, So I moved from my first school around the age of eight and that was like a really hard time for me because you're so young and... Mm moving for anyone is hard but when you've got that added kind of physical feature that makes it hard for you to connect with other people or that kids don't really know how to talk about those things it can be made even harder. Sorry did you move because of bullying or was it your no, family so was my moved? dad's work. Yeah. Oh your dad's work yeah, okay got yeah. you. Yeah. So um, we moved around a bit because of that but only stayed in the second um, school for about two or three years and then moved again oh, that's and hard. then moved again at 16 but um, around the age of uh, I want to say, like, probably after the operation that I had, the bullying became quite physical. Um, so I would oh, get my man. bag ripped off my back and people would, like, rip the books out of my bag or, like, my lunch box and bring my food everywhere. I was like, you can take my books, you can take my bag, just don't take the food because your yeah. girl loves food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. I was like, I'm hungry, oh. your girl's hungry. <laughs> your girl's hungry. Oh, my God, you're a bloody sport just, like... <laughs> Like that, you're laughing about this because it's really sad. It's really heavy. I feel yeah. like if you don't laugh, yeah, you'll cry. Totally. And like, I've just like learned yeah. that. I mean, it's like my story, and like, I want, I don't want it to be like negative and sad all the time, although it was. I just want to be able to bring a bit of light. To your it pain as well. has become your power, really. Yeah, can for I, sure. can I just ask before we go into like the, the all the bullying stuff, can we just rewind to when you got, when you've had surgeries on your mm-hmm. face and like, 
at what age did that happen? And like, was it before you started school, before you were five or like how, what was the timeline of your surgeries and how did your face change along like that timeline? So my first surgery was when I was 11 or 12 years old and that was like the main big one. So it was called the smile surgery and Mm -hmm. they took tissue from my right thigh and implanted it internally from the corners of my mouth up until my temples over the cheekbones. So the idea was that when I'd clench down on my jaw, the tissue would pull up when I'd clench down and mimic a smile or like have the effect of a smile. It was the tightening of the tissue. There was like a really fine line between tightening it too much and like walking around with a permanent smile or not tightening it enough. I mean, bearing in mind, I was 11 or 12 years old and like I'd already been through so much pain and like bullying and stuff. And so when you're sitting across from like a surgeon who like you think of as like Mm, a quote unquote God, you're Mm -hmm. like, what they're saying is true. And I didn't really hear that there was like a chance that it couldn't work. And like he'd shown me all these other pictures of patients that it had worked on Mm. and stuff. And I was like, sweet, that's going to be me. And in my head, I thought if I can smile, then I'm going to be accepted. And if I can smile, then I'll be pretty. And if I can smile, then like I'll have friends or like boys will like me or all that sort of stuff and so it was eight hours long and um after the surgery the doctors and nurses wouldn't let me look in the mirror oh, oh um, my god and I they oh never god. I don't think they actually ever told me that it hadn't worked I think I just figured it out for myself and I think it was maybe five or six days after the surgery and the nurses were changing like at night or morning mm. or whatever and one of the nurses must have just not known and I got wheelchaired into the bathroom and I saw my face in the mirror by accident and oh no. you know when you get that like lump in your throat and you're yeah. trying not to cry I didn't want like even though I was so young like, I just didn't want the nurses to feel bad or anything so like, I was like trying not to cry and from that I remember so vividly from like that moment like my life just changed forever because I just had this like feeling that I was never going to be like good enough. Oh, but, that yeah. just like proves on to how much a special person you are in that moment. That's like like a life changing moment to you. You're actually concerned about the nurses. the nurses. Like that's so that's so beautiful. I think I've always been that way though. So. But I want to ask as well, like what were the expectations of this? Like what were you expect expecting? That was it. Was that exactly the same before the surgery? So nothing changed or was there expectation that you were going to be able to do everything with your mouth? Yeah. So the expectation was that I was going to be able to do everything with my mouth, like yeah. smile and like be able to eat with my mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think the operation definitely changed my face. It, it took a good year for the actual swelling of the operation <sighs> to go down. So I had to go back to school to a new like school. Puff of fish, yeah, with like bruises all over my face. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that bullying. Mm. But um, the right side of my face never fully went back to normal because I think one side of my face is like slightly skinnier than the other. And that like really used to bother me and doesn't really anymore. I'm just me. And if people don't like it, that's fine. <laughs> You're just you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This surgery is what I wanted to know. Do people get it when they don't have Mobius syndrome? No, I don't think so. I think it's just. Because I was going to say yeah. such an incredibly rare surgery that this guy has done it before. Like I don't think he specifically had done it. I don't know for fact on that one. But we I, don't talk was, to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, he was like showing pictures of other like kids yeah. that had done it. But like yeah. in saying that, I like I'm extremely grateful that mm. the surgery didn't work. Now at the time, mm. I was like completely broken, but not being able to smile is the greatest gift I could have ever been given, and I'm just like so grateful that. This is my smile. See, yeah. I love you, sis. I'm like so emotional today for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking, like at you looking at you. I'm like, don't at you you, I'm like, cry because I'll cry. <laughs> it's the Maccas that's made you emotional, <laughs> <I can't. laughs> No. 
hectic. When other people cry, yeah, I cry tissue, and I'm someone. like, don't you dare cry because I'll start crying. No, it, <laughs> okay, sorry. It's contagious in here. That's what is contagious, the tears. <laughs> wow. I know we're looking and we're making proper eye contact here. I'm like, I'm fuck, do like, I look away? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry, thank you. Would you so, like some tissues? Yeah, doll, here you go. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. I feel like we're going to need them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's keep going. So back to school then. Mm. New school post-surgery. Yeah, so it actually was a new school um, post-surgery. So I had the surgery in November because I remember it was Guy Fox night. That's in like November. So school year ended and I had to start a new school the following year looking pretty much like a puffer fish or like a blobfish or whatever you want to call it. Like my face was like fully out here. I had bruises, like my eyes wouldn't shut properly. Aww. On top of that, my mum had cut my hair into like a boy's haircut and I was like, Fucking mum. Why would you do that? <laughs> but Good honestly, one, I'm sure I'll send you guys some photos so you can see that <laughs> you're going to be like, oh my God, what was she thinking? Anyway, we move on. <laughs> we need those pics. <laughs> um, I love a dud haircut. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I'm unsure why she did that. Anyway, she'll have some reason knowing her. Thanks, mum. Um, thanks, mum. <laughs> love you. Shout out. <laughs> Taylor's mum. But yeah, so starting that new school was definitely tough. I had, I like pretty much had no friends or I had no friends that first whole year. I would like go to the library at lunch and just sit in the corner and like I didn't even feel safe really in the library where, I mean, no Mm. offence to all the library guys, but like they're not the most aggressive people on the planet. But like I just didn't even feel safe in there because Mm. everywhere I looked I got stared at and now I love being stared at. It's like stared Mm. some more. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, talk about me. I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah, I want to hear what you're saying. (laughs) No, but... um. It, it probably wasn't this, but every time I stepped outside, I felt like something bad was going to happen. So I just had this like built up anxiety and everything and like people would rip bags off my back. I used to take the bus to school. So even if there were like seats on the bus that were free, people would put their bags on the seat so I couldn't sit down and people oh, would like, so the, bus, the, the bus would like go to stop and they would like push me so I'd like fall over so I'd get cuts and stuff on my legs and bruises. School um, is horrible. Yeah, yeah, and then like... I remember on my, I think it was my 16th birthday. I'm not sure if this was like a thing in Australia, but especially with all the girls, like on each girl's like birthday, all the other girls would bring like balloons and cakes and stuff for like Mm. their friends. And I would always do that. And I thought I had found like a really good group of friends. And my 16th birthday was coming up and I was so excited because I was like, oh, they're all going to do something really cool for me. And I get to the girls in the morning and they say like nothing. And I was like, oh, maybe they're just like hiding stuff or maybe they're just going to surprise me or whatever. And five minutes before the bell goes, one of the girls turns around and hands me like a half-eaten like Mm. block of chocolate. Not like the big ones, like the little snack ones. And she goes, oh, happy birthday. Here's your present. We got hungry on the bus. But I still like felt bad. I was like, oh, no, it was fine. Like, oh, I you're just... so nice. <laughs> wow. But like just things like that. And people would kick my knees in from behind when I'd be walking upstairs and everything. And they'd like flick my skirt up from behind. And, Do you like... have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger sister. How does she feel about that? She gets pretty aggressive. Yeah. She's, she's a Leo, Seriously. so she gets like super like fiery. That's me. <laughs> fiery Leo. Yeah. Chloe is scary as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> she... Maybe I need to do with me at school. Yeah. We need to be friends at school. Yeah, but she, yeah, my sister gets so angry and like even out in public, like I don't care if people stare at me now, like I'm just like, okay, whatever. But if my sister's with me, she will literally like death stare people in the mm. face and be like, what? Mm. And I'm just like, Georgia, just <laughs> chill, it's fine. But she's so funny. Love her. Um, mm. But yeah, school was just, 
it was definitely hard and I just like became quite excluded and like teachers would like exclude me and stuff like I'd have my hands up in class like I'd be the only person with my hand up in class and they would like look straight past me and like not answer my question mm. I blame my math teacher for not being good at maths just FYI <laughs> just so we can make that clear <laughs> you meant to feel safe with the teachers like they're yeah. meant to literally have your back yeah for sure and yeah, it was just a lot. Horrible. Yeah, and I definitely think bullying in, in general isn't talked about enough. How did you find it in in yourself to just get up every day and keep going when you knew what was going to happen when you got there? Mm. Oh, I think I think it was just like normal for me. Like I didn't really know anything else, yeah. and I know now that it wasn't normal. But oh, I'm getting emotional. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so much. Too far um, away. How are you? <laughs> Over the desk. Over the desk. <laughs> but um, I think. Looking back on it now, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you how oh. I did it, but mm. I think I was living in such a state of, like, tiredness and, like, depression that it was just, like, day after day for me and, like, I just expected it to happen as well. So I guess a bit easier. But I also don't think I'll ever, like, fully understand how bad it was because, like I said, it was normal for me. And you some, had the bar set low. Yeah, and sometimes when, like, people react the way they do to my story, I'm just like, oh, I didn't. Sometimes it just doesn't click with me how bad it really oh. was. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and did you feel like at school you were a broken record because people would be asking, like, yeah. what's going on? And well, you yeah, I actually, it's funny you say that. So I did a TikTok earlier today, actually, because someone, like, left a comment saying, say cheese or, like, smile or something like that for the camera. <sighs> I love TikTok because people come up with the craziest comments and I can just be my sassy self and reply love it. it. And people get so hurt. I'm like, you said the comment, doll, not me. <laughs> um, but at school, every... And at one point, no joke, we had the same school photographers like four years in a row and they just never remembered me. I was like, surely you remember the girl who like can't smile, right? And every year, like without fail, no matter what school I was at, oh. I would say smile, Taylor. And like oh my some, God. some guy out that would be like, she can't, ha, ha, ha. And, like, even just that small comment, yeah. like, it broke me inside because, like, it just added so much, like, anxiety and... Um, well, that's where the teacher's meant to step in and say, hey, just a reminder. The teachers would, like, laugh, though, sometimes as well. So... No, I'm shook. Fucking Sorry, shook. I shouldn't I even, like, school. I'm just, like, I, don't even I can't wanna... even deal with that. School and kids are cruel and the teachers, what? Yeah. I'm so sorry, Taylor. <laughs> no, it's so yeah. fine. I think everything happens for a reason and sometimes shit happens that really sucks like you mm. like I'm sure you both know and sometimes bad things happen to good people when we lose people that we love and we shouldn't and I Ain't think that the truth yeah I think it's how we deal with it in the end and I believe that I went through everything that I did and I was put on this earth to go through everything that I did so that I could come out the other side and inspire mm. people and um, I've really taken that on board and I take it really seriously because I don't think people go through all that to not inspire people, I guess. Mm. And We do say that a lot, actually. Yeah. Power to you. And especially yeah. in this day and age with, like, social media and everyone comparing and competing with one another and Photoshop and everyone and yeah. filters, yeah. filters, face mm. filters. Like, yeah. everyone trying to look a certain way. What do you want young ones to learn from your story growing well, up? Well, I always say when I'm, like, talking to other people, I always go back to, like, my younger self. I'm like, what would 12 or 13 or 14 or 15-year-old Taylor want to hear? We are all different. We are all born different. We all have something to bring to this world. To be yourself in a world where so many people want to look the same or be the same or do things the same, it's really special to honour yourself and be yourself. And I think for 12-year-old Taylor, she really needed someone like my current self to 
stand up and put herself on social media and be on the cover of magazines or in movies or whatever and just do the thing and like inspire other people out there. So I'm just so grateful that I can be in this position and I'm so grateful that you girls have given me this platform today to share my story because I think with your help, I think we can like inspire so many people. Oh. And I hope we have a Mobius person like yeah, listening as so well. Yeah, so do help. I. We love connecting sure people, so maybe we can... Yeah, we... we That'd be so cool. Someone yeah. will know someone. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we don't have that many million listeners yet, <laughs> but there'll be, there might be one in there. Like, <laughs> like how many? Goals. The ratio there. Surely Three million. if you get sponsored by McDonald's, it could happen. Oh, doll. Seriously. Aim for the sky. Aim yeah. for the sky. <laughs> I know that you also have diabetes as well, mm-hmm. and I really want to just touch on that too because... I actually didn't really know many people growing up. It was actually more of a thing that I thought that pregnant women got. Because, like, I knew that, like, when (laughs) my mum was pregnant with, like, my younger siblings, like, I remember, like, another one of the mums had, like, is it just... Gestational, gestational diabetes. Look, I am... It's very common. I don't know anything to do with diabetes. It's... Is yours type two? So mine's type one. So type one is when your pancreas does not work at all. Type two is more, um, like to do with your health and how you live your life. and um, Oh, I was thinking type 1. Is that the one you're born with? Well, you can be born with it. But so what happened is um, I got chicken pox at the age of three and then three months later I got diagnosed with type 1. So they think... Of course you did. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be right. Do you know what? My dad, this is so funny, he's going to hate me for this, but my dad didn't cry when I got diagnosed with Mobius or anything else. But he's, he's just cried. like... What else he can they say? He cried when I got diagnosed with diabetes and he always hates, he's like, fuck, what next? Though? That, oh. um, he's probably just, I love him. He, um, he's given a nice sense of humour, by the way. <laughs> um, Shout out, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, look, type one is just, like, I know nothing else, so it's like pretty normal for me. And yeah. I have an um, insulin pump and a Dexcom G6, which is a continuous blood glucose monitor. And like people often come up to me and be like, oh my God, I'm so like, you've inspired me to like wear my Dexcom like not with sleeves or like I always wear my pump on my hip if I'm an active wear or anything. They're like, oh, you're so brave. I'm like, it's just, <laughs> it's just an insulin pump. Like I'm yeah. not, I didn't really realise the ground it held with people, you know, to. Mm, because if you don't have the pump, how are you? How are you doing it? So um, if you don't have the pump, people inject. So they have like needles or stuff and they'll usually have like long acting and fast acting insulin. But with the pump, there's insulin going in every hour, um, every minute of every hour. And because I've got my Dexcom, which is the continuous blood glucose monitor, my pump can predict 30 minutes into the future what my blood sugar is going to be. So if I'm out like I was on the weekend at supercars and it was so, so hot, it predicted that I was going low. So it cut my insulin off without me even knowing. Whoa. And then when I eat and if I eat, like if I don't give myself enough insulin and I go high and my pump can like predict when I'm going high and give me a bit more insulin. So Interesting. Yeah, technology's crazy. Don't ask me how it works because I've got no idea. I just <laughs> stick it in me and off I go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had the insulin pump, which I change sites every like three to four days, but I don't have to do Oh my God, trips. so it's not like permanently in a spot for lots. No, it no, moves no, it every day. No, yeah. That would get a bit unhygienic. I I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it just has to go. It. Does it just have to go? Yeah, I'll show, you, I'll show you girls after we're done. But with the Dexcom on my arm, 
I change this every 10 days, but I don't have to do finger pricks anymore okay. because it just measures my blood sugar. Yeah, wow, okay. Because yeah. I just, like, I know that there was a young a young boy that lived, like, around us and he had just been diagnosed with, right. it would be what, type 2? Is that Type, type 1. Type maybe, 1. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and, like, he was doing it all manually and he just, like, was getting bullied at school and he's, like, and I'm, like, Isn't well. just so shit? I'm, like, really? Yeah, it's just, like, at what point do you just, go over to the pump like obviously because it's the thing that people like young kids especially that have diabetes and they're they're like well I don't want to wear it because I don't want to look different Mm. and that's just like the whole thing. I went through that same thing at school because at school we wore dresses um Mm. as well so like my pump my mum would like cut little holes in the side of my dresses I could stick it through when people would see me they'd like try to rip it like I don't think they understood how dangerous it was but they'll like try to like rip it off and everything and they just thought it was funny and stuff and yeah I mean but it is pretty dangerous if you do that so I wouldn't recommend but so kids if you're listening yeah, if you're yeah. listening don't do that <laughs> but um here's the way I look at it if people have time and energy to bully someone over a pump or mm. you p- pricking your finger or how you look or whatever it's not a reflection on you it's a reflection on them mm-hmm. and I 100%. think I think that's what I didn't realize for a really long time and I feel really sorry for the people that did what they did to me because I wonder what they were going through at home and I like hope that they're doing better now and I hope that they've found like peace and happiness because that's all I would like would want for anyone. I think you're probably one of the nicest people I've met in my life. A hundred percent because a lot of people who have been grown up being bullied would be like I'd love to see my haters now and like run into them on the street and you know. Yeah I won't lie like a couple of years after people would like from my school would like message me on Instagram and stuff and like reach out and be like I'm so sorry for everything I did to you and everything. And like a couple of years after, I still didn't really have much confidence. So I was just like, oh, it's okay and everything. I don't Mm -hmm. do that now because I understand like my worth and how bad it was of them. So I usually just block or whatever. It just, it is what it is. And I'm grateful for the journey that it's brought me on. And even just like this last week has been like one of the greatest weeks of my life. So um, wow. Yeah, if it wasn't for what I went through, I wouldn't be sitting here today in front of this microphone. Oh. You'll have to move to the Goldie, sis. I'm actually planning on it. Are you? This little FYI. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Exclusive. <laughs> Yay. Can you tell us about working with Chloe's brother, Coops? Yes. Oh, I love Cooper. He is just so cool, and I'm so grateful to be part of the Good Human Factory. I feel like the least coolest person out of all the ambassadors. You're like pro surfers, like Don't pro like, world that. champion wakeboarders. Harry Bank, who just like did like three bloody backflips on a motorbike at night, just because, and I'm just here like, hey. no, you're the coolest one, doll. Absolutely. Um, but it is just so cool being a part of such a group of like really cool people who are doing really cool things and who also care about mental health. What Cooper is doing in the mental health space is just like unreal and I'm so excited for him and I'm so excited to see where it all goes and mental health has just been such a huge part of my journey and I actually had six suicide attempts throughout the years. My first suicide attempt was six months after the major operation I had when I was 12 so I was still 12 years old and I think, again, if I had had someone like myself or someone like Cooper with the Good Healing Factory talking about mental health and doing these workshops in schools and on Instagram, there's a pretty good chance that I probably wouldn't have had those, like, suicide attempts. And to anyone out there who is struggling right now, I know it can be, like, so hard to understand it in the moment, but things do get better, like it will pass and as hard as it is, you've just got to listen to that like, little voice inside your head that is telling you to keep going because it won't like steer you in the wrong direction, I promise. And, you know, people go through shit. We've 
shit happens to people and you've just got to keep going and keep pushing and know that you are on this earth for a reason and that you can do it and you've got this and I believe in you and I know Chloe and Elodie believe in you too. And yeah. oh, You're so special. Fuck, mm. sorry, I keep on saying this. I'm just like, <laughs> I just want to hug you on the other side of the desk. But, but for people who don't know what my brother does, he actually has a company called The Good Human Factory and he is like a mental health advocate, I yeah. guess. And he goes around to schools and like corporates sports and, and corporates stuff, yeah. and, and does talks on mental health and how yeah. best you can manage your mental health and just tips and tricks. And yeah. he has a like a, a group of ambassadors and they're like athletes and, and beautiful people like you, Taylor. And mm. yeah, so he's created this really cool little community and he's mm. really passionate about spreading the word. So yeah, we discovered Taylor on his <laughs> podcast because he's got a podcast called The Good Humans. Um, but yeah, wow, this has just been honestly, and I don't say this all the time, but this has been such a moving conversation for me. I like, mm. I, I, I'm very emotional. I don't know why, but <laughs> I don't want to wrap I mean, up. I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Wow. So tell everyone where can they find you? I'm mainly on Instagram and TikTok. It's just at Taylor Clement. I show more of my personality on TikTok because you can do whatever you want on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. I think I might have to go <laughs> on to, oh to check God, you out. Oh my God, you will have a ball, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon TikTok will love you. Um, but yeah, I. And I'm signed with a modelling agency, so if yes. people want to put me on the cover of a magazine... <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yes, um, I'll put it but, out there. Um, yeah, I think I'm stepping into a, like, huge new chapter of my life, so I'm just so excited. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been so cool. Thank Aww. you so much, thank Taylor. You. you are amazing. We should <laughs> definitely grab a drink after this, I can't <laughs> I'm so excited that you came Let's in. Let's do it. Let's go shoot the Gold Coast, what we've got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>